Hello, my name is Maiwa and welcome to Maiwa in Conversation, a podcast that aims to explore the unique perspectives of Africans. This season, I have conversations with Nigerians that are making an impact by disrupting societal and cultural norms, fighting against injustices, creating new paths and platforms, and who are showing that there are in fact limitless possibilities on the continent. On this episode, I'm talking to Stephen Tyle, a photographer living in Lagos. Stephen's rise to international recognition started with his work capturing street style in Lagos. Since then, his focus has expanded and his work explores themes like Yoruba cultural heritage and cosmology, urban culture across West Africa, and youth-led countercultural movements. Stephen is best known for his powerful portraits of subjects ranging from Nigerian musician Burna Boy to students of the Leap of Dance Academy in Lagos. Stephen's work has been featured in publications like Vogue, The New York Times, and Dazed. Thank you for joining me today, Stephen. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. We've been trying to do this for a while now. Yeah, so I guess let's just start with the interview. And today I want to focus on the emergence of Nigerian pop culture as a global cultural force, because I think for the past sort of like five, six years, that's definitely happened. And also how you've been able to navigate these global cultural spaces as a young Nigerian creative. So I think it's safe to say that you are undeniably one of the young Africans at the forefront of what seems to be a Nigerian, African pop culture, global awakening. Do you see the world's newfound interest in Nigerian pop culture as a trend or something that's more permanent and why? I mean, the question is very, very, you know, um, I mean, I've literally been staring at it. I'm like, okay, um, how do we go about this? I think, I mean, more than ever, we sort of have to, you know, balance this ideology of like, the outlook of what is ours and just sort of like, you know, ensure that the benefit of whatever, like, you know, the trend or like the clouds or like the, um, the, the madness sort of like, you know, we benefit us be, before sort of it goes outside, you know, mm. and by doing this, by also understanding how to sort of appreciate what we have, what we do, um, how do we sort of, you know, preserve, and sort of celebrates the people who are here, who are creative, who are doing what, you know, seems sometimes to be sort of awkward. But, I mean, this is what really um, is about. And I think, um, I mean, like, I, I really wouldn't also, like, want to sort of tie our greatness to, you know, some sort of consumerism, mm. you know. I, I really... I don't know how to feel about that because, like, I mean, in as much as it's happening, but I, I sort of think, you know, um, I mean, this is the time that we need to focus on how best to navigate in terms of um, who is benefiting at the receiving end, you know. Um, and I think, you know, that's what, like, the music um, space have sort of been trying to do. I mean, by them advocating for more fairness in, like, deals internationally, and you know, um, I mean, I mean, the the, the very bad, sad thing about all of this is that you know there isn't that much of like you know. I mean, I don't even know if there's anything at all like that about some sort of like stability for creativity from the government because these are like the top tier people who are meant to sort of like give creatives in general some sort of like you know support um, and education, and we we are not having this so. 
literally everything that is been happening is just vibes and inshallah. So like, so, so like, <laughs> wake up and like do this, let's wake up and do that. So, and people who are based here, like myself, are sort of tense because like we are unsure about what is going to feed us mm-hmm. the next day, right? So we are unsure about, you know, where our next um, gig is going to come from because like if people are leaving from hand to mouth, um, it's a bit no, it's a bit unfair to sort of like give um, you know philosophical standpoints about what life should be when life isn't like fair to people in general. So I think you know, in as much as I'm advocating for like the you know fairness and like you know how people sort of need to understand that they need to protect and like you know ensure that they are at the forefront. I also can't blame people who cannot like make this decision because. You know, things are very, very difficult for for everyone, and that's the reality. Mm. If you know, whoever is just sort of trying to fetishize or trying to make Nigerian culture seem to be like a baby, you know, like mm. you just kind of nurture it or just sort of want to, you know, put money on it, and they are from the outside. I mean, what I always say is sort of like you know, whoever is trying to collaborate, sort of need to get like some balances. Um, so it's, it kind of makes sense, you know, in as much as the money is coming from outside. And people can also make that distinction of just like what should be and what shouldn't be. I also can't blame them because where they exist doesn't also sort of help them to, you know, be challenging in terms of how they should be, you know, um, and putting things together in terms of collaboration, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I love that you talked about sort of like if if the support is coming from outside Nigeria for young creatives, of course it makes sense to take it because if those are the people that are going to pay you what you're worth, those are the people that are going to sort of like not elevate your work. I don't want to say it that way, but show your work to the world and, and expose the world to your work and your practice, then why not? And I think thinking about what you've just said and thinking about, Nigerian culture, Nigerian pop culture in particular, and the world, I think about Beyonce's Black is King, because I think Nigerian pop culture carried that entire film, Mm. carried the gift album. I'm sorry to say, but I think that's the case. But a lot of people kind of felt a bit, had mixed emotions. On one hand, they were happy to see people um, like, you know, Burner Boy, Yemi Alade, and also Nigerian designers, stylists, mm. working with someone like Beyonce. But on the other hand, they kind of felt like, you know, this, there's no clear indication, you know, that this is Nigerian, this is South African, this is Ghanaian. We've just been all mixed together and it just ends up creating this whole idea of Africa being a country as opposed to a continent. So in light of this, when you're working and you're working with international um, publications, international designers, are you conscious of the Western gaze? Are you conscious of the way that they may be perceiving you Um, and also your work? I think, you know, like, you know, let's drawing from like, you know, what's, you know, the film uh, uh, about, you know, the blackest king is. I think one thing that we should also notice that, you know, I mean, the film really isn't sort of trying to portray, you know, like the, the, the accuracy of 
the African culture, right? So I don't think that's the case, you know, um, and which is why I think it is really what it is. I don't think, you know, Beyonce and her team are sort of, sort of in that space to portray, you know, because at the end of the day, most of these people making the mood board are not even from here, mm-hmm. um, but they are, you know, like visiting so we sort of can't get that sort of accuracy in terms of storytelling but what they've done is to sort of like you know create um um a fantasy of you know of the space so so which is why you see some you know like the references like you know the edgar if you know the the outfits were sort of like avant-garde and like you know and you know, I, I think really um, the portray really is to sort of you know create this idea of royalty, and I think that's literally one of the focus of the film. Um, but the accuracy of African people and like African space, I don't think that's what they are going for. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's literally uh, maybe like a misconception from maybe the audience in terms of you know how they want to see like you know what's happening in Lagos for example and I mean the film doesn't necessarily show that part or like you know how also they, they sort of like you know merge um you know all countries in, in the on the continent together. And they I think I think also like those are the things that sort of gave gave people like this, you know, impression of, you know, what is this really about? So I think, you know, to, to be honest, I, 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 the, when I watched it, I felt like, you know, this is literally like, you know, some sort of like a fantasy about, you know, the royalty of like, you know, black people. So when we see things like that, especially created by African-Americans, we should see it more of a fantasy as opposed to trying to link it to what we know, like, you know, like on ground, the culture that we have. So we should kind of look at it like Wakanda and not look at it as like, this is a historical film. So don't get me wrong, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, they have creative freedom mm-hmm. to sort of channel um, whatever, like, you know, um, emotion or whatever, like, angle, because obviously, like, you know, you can't tell a black person what to do on their continent. You understand? I mean, I don't think it's a fair thing to do, but um, like I said, like, I think, you know, they sort of like have um, what they wanted to go for and they were able to achieve it, you know, because mm-hmm. if they don't achieve it, I don't think the film will be out. True, you know? true, true. Yeah. And so when you're involved in these international projects, I mean, you, your photos have been um, featured in all sorts of international publications. You've worked with different designers. Are you sort of like, aware of how people may perceive you, how the West may perceive you, or do you give yourself the space to just have total creative freedom? At the end of the day, like, you know, um, it's all about collaboration and communication, right? So um, I've done so many, like, you know, photograph, you know, with like, you know, fashion magazine. And what I started with was sort of like, you know, authenticate where I'm shooting from and mm-hmm. sort of specify where I'm shooting from. You know, in as much as I live in Lagos, there are different parts of Lagos. So um, so I literally always push this, you know, idea of like, you know, um, stressing where the images were photographed in Lagos. So I wouldn't say photographed in Lagos. So like, I mean, I, I mean, they, they, they are photographed in Lagos, but 
in a way there's always this expository that is very like you know in the text of the of the editorial so like sort of specify you know this is yaba this is oshodi this is leki this is ikoi in lagos so and that sort of give people who are reading the text some sort of insights about what um lagos is and like in the parts of lagos and you know I mean, I've mentioned in the past, Ikorodu, you know, Ibutemeta, um, Yaba, even like in, I mean, like in Yaba, I also sort of mentioned a street mm-hmm. in Yaba because I, I literally shot everything on that street. So I sort of always try to, you know, have this inform, almost like a documentary feel to my editorial. So it sort of like, you know, balances and it kind of educates people who are also like not from here to see um, that Lagos is also diverse. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important because I think even as a Nigerian, as a person who's lived in Lagos her whole life, I sometimes fall into that trap of just, you know, Lagos is Lagos, as though the different parts of Lagos don't have their own character, their own personality, their own history. And I think it's a great thing to specify the area because I think that kind of like pushes back against this idea of Africa being a country because we're saying not only is Africa a diverse continent, but even within the cities of Africa, we have diverse spaces. You know, nobody can come to Lagos and say it's a homogenous city. Every area has its own flair, has its own personality, has its own vibe. So in light of all that you've said, what do you think is the role of photographers and artists from African countries like yourself during this sort of like interesting time of global um, African pop culture? I think the role literally is to like um, focus on what is important, which is our story, telling our story and sort of like, you know, um, educating people who sort of get things wrong about the continent and like, you know, um, use like, you know, the tools are available to us, Twitter, Instagram, I mean, like our websites. Um, and to be fair, like a lot of like, you know, amazing, amazing storytellers sort of have a lot of like, you know, educating factors to their, to their works. You know, I think on our part, we are trying our best. Um, I think more than ever, people who, are sort of interested in the African stories or African space or African cities or just coming here sort of needs to educate themselves mm-hmm. also the way we know that you know New York isn't a country you know just the way we know that you know when you're going to Atlanta is not a country so like we know these things just because we sort of we've taken our time to understand like you know that you know when you're going to the Netherlands, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, is everything ends in Amsterdam. So, like, just, like, the little, little things. So, I think, to be fair, like, there's a lot of, like, resources when it comes to, um, you know, Lagos, for example, or, you know, when you think about Ibadan, when you think about, like, you know, just, like, these cities sort of have what sort of serve as information, like, right? So, mm-hmm. I think, you know, we are doing our best. We keep working every day to sort of challenge, you know, the weirdness that, you know, the Western media has done. And, you know, and this has been happening since, like, forever. So, I mean, for now, it's just, like, you know, us using, like, the medium that we have to um, establish, you know, like, new narrative and, like, you know, ensure that 
um, we sort of like, you know, cover um, mm. what should be covered. And a lot of the work you do is exploring these different subcultures found in the different cities. You were talking about different African cities. I'm thinking about your exploration of drag culture um, here in Lagos. Also those beautiful images of those um, ballerinas um, and also your work looking at the women sappers of sort of like Central Africa. Mm. Why is documenting these subcultures so important to your photography practice, so important to the work you do? One thing that sort of like motivated me was because, like, I mean, like for the most part in terms of like, you know, where I'm from, where I reside, you know, and also sort of like the distinction even till now in Lagos about you know, oh, you live on the mainland, I live on the island, you live on the mainland, I live on the island, sort of conversation that has sort of like, you know, lasted even till now, yeah. um, informed that part of me because like, I've always felt like, you know, I sort of need to tell my story. So like these stories sort of like have um, a space in my heart that sort of represented me or, you know, represent me in a way. So it's like me also using um, the medium that, I kind of like use in telling stories to sort of like dig deeper into like, you know, what is there to talk about, you know, and how can you not necessarily be sentimental, mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, you know, um, the camera does not, you know, segregate. It's like the camera doesn't like discriminate. So the camera doesn't like, you know, you know, hate on anyone. So like, you know, that already is like a premise that I think, you know, I'm also sort of like trying to live by, you know, I don't have to necessarily make the extension around like, you know, I can only shoot people like this. I can only shoot people like that. So like the point is to sort of like cover as many interesting story from every classes. I mean, rich, poor, um, I mean, middle class. I really sort of like, you know, I'm more keen towards the story. So I think, you know, that's literally what has been informing me up to, to, to now. And I think the work you do is just so important because, I mean, I didn't know that ballet was such a big, like an established thing in, in Lagos. I didn't know that there'd be a school like that with um, sort of young children dancing at that level. Mm. And the same, I didn't know that um, the drag scene in Lagos was so diverse because for a lot of us, you know, Lagos is one of these places where if you're just locked into your everyday life. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to overlook the interesting things that are happening. Mm -hmm. If you're not sort of like willing to go out of your comfort zone and look for these new experiences, mm -hmm. you just completely overlook all the interesting things going on. And I think one of the best things about Instagram and young people like yourself is just the work you do with educating even Africans, Nigerians, young Lagosians on what's out there. Because I think I can imagine for a young queer person looking at um, images, let's say of drag queens, it must do something internally seeing that mm. Lagos isn't this dark place. They're actually sort of like places of, of creativity, places of expression, places where um, you're not going to be discriminated on about your sexuality, your class. Mm. So does that, for you, do you see what you do sort of as kind of doing this work of 
educating, of showing young Nigerians what there is? I think that's also one of the things that, you know, storytelling should do, sort of to expose, you know, what's, um, because like we sort of feel sometimes that we know everything when we have, you know, social media, like when we sort of like follow people and when we read stories on Shade Room or Insta blog. Um, so those things are like, I've sort of limited our, you know, wants to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. So with me, I'm sort of interested in, you know, how do I ensure that, you know, this person who sort of like does the most basic things also have like that, the well um, exposed expose that sort of like ensure that you know every story like you know is being told or is being heard and and how do I ensure that I sort of like use my space as a documentary f- I mean fashion photographer to es- establish that and in an interview you stated that philosophy has influenced a lot of what you do and I suppose the philosophy you read at university Mm. and you said that you were conscious of making sure you aren't imposing your perspective on the people you photograph Mm. and I think this is just so incredibly important because African subjects have historically been photographed in order to I suppose reflect a particular Mm, identity, ideology, understanding of Africa. Mm. Can you talk a little more about how you respect the people that you photograph, especially people that come from um, less privileged economic backgrounds than yourself? I, I think it sort of comes from like, you know, I me mean, assisting people and like, you know, seeing how I was treated as an assistant or as an intern and, you know, like, you know, when we just say, oh, like, I'm just, I don't, I just, just like this person. I don't like that person because, you know, you treated me badly. So, and then I sort of like, you know, ensure that, you know, um, now that I'm in a position to sort of make, you know, people look beautiful, you know, how do we ensure that, like, he doesn't sort of like have a bit of, you know, oh, why didn't you tell me that this was what we we're doing? Like, so mm-hmm. I sort of only want to create like a, a, a clear picture of, you know, um, thanks for having me in your home. Um, would you like to, you know, dress up for this shoot? Would you like to, you know, take me to like your actual place that you like to be photographed in this house? How would you like to see yourself? Like what background are you thinking about today? So like, well, you know, so, so sort of have this conversation before we now go into like the actual execution sort of help has helped me to, always make sure that I engage people in a collaborative way. So it's more about collaboration and telling someone, yes, okay, this is what we're doing today. This is what you're wearing. This is what the makeup is going to look like. So I'm also going to sort of note the responses and then see how we can merge all of these things together. So it's like, oh, it's like somebody who has never necessarily worn um, like a, 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 a red lipstick before, um, you know, like having to, you know, make, them up in a red lipstick sort of like also would be maybe tough for the first time. Mm-hmm. So having like a clear conversation around like, you know, um, I mean, like this is what we have in terms of like, you know, what we are tra- trying to style you with. Does this sort of like fit what you see yourself as? Because like, I think everyone um, with or without knowing sort of have built an identity or what's their style, you know, like references have been like over the years. So like people are sort of interested in like different 
texture of like you know pieces on outfits some people love shirts some people love you know baggies so already like how do we ensure that you know um, the story we are telling represent the subject, not just us. Like, how do we ensure, you know, I, I, I made a photograph of um, Blessing. She's like one of the top female skaters in, in, in Lagos for Native Pride cover. And she sort of like was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily like a feminine person, even though she's a woman. So she's like, you know, I, I really don't think about wearing dresses or like trained skin. Like, and then, uh, we, so we spoke about that and then we spoke about how can we also blend what she liked, you know, with the dress, you know, and then she was like, oh yeah, if she can have like a skate but and I, you know, I handed it to her and then she, she liked, you know, the outcome. So in a way, I think sort of like balancing people's, you know, feelings or like, you know, in terms of how you want to represent them is very important. I can really relate to that because I think even if you haven't been sort of like photographed professionally, I've never been a model of any kind, but mm. even looking at, let's say, Nigerian wedding culture um, and you're a bridesmaid and you have no say about what your makeup is going to look like because the bride has already told the makeup artist sort of her own vision. Mm. Even if everybody else says, oh, you look beautiful. This is amazing makeup. You look at yourself in the mirror and you just think this is not me. Mm. And you look back at those pictures and you don't feel like you were yourself because a person has just imposed something on you and it doesn't reflect your individuality, your uniqueness. You're, you feel like you're just sort of mm. another made up face. So I kind of want us to shift focus a bit and talk about your experiences as a young Nigerian designer navigating these, I suppose, global cultural spaces, whether you're working with international models, whether you're working with international publications and um, international designers as well. Mm. So in your experience, what are the barriers to entry that young African photographers like yourself face? I mean, first thing is like, you know, um, the issue of underpayment, on on you know, it's like, you know, when people think of Africa, they think of like cheap, they think of less expensive and, you know, it's been like a very big conversation, like, you know, and I mean, for, for me personally, it's like, you know, I sort of always ask about, you know, what really, why should things be cheaper here when we buy, you know, the cameras we buy for the same price when we buy the equipment we buy for the same price as a global space. Like, you know, why then should commissioning a photographer be cheaper on the continent? So, um, I mean, those are like the, the things that, I mean, they are still very much constant and they're still very much ongoing, for example. But I think, you know, beyond that, you know, working from home, also there's also like, I mean, a bit of like, you know, weirdness and like, you know, sort of like shortcomings. But I think um, more than ever, um, what I would always say, or just like, you know, there's always like a way to navigate things in life. Patience and like, you know, just understanding that, you know, everyone has their own journey. These things are very frustrating. You've been talking to a client, for example, for like two months or like three months, and then they sort of do not end up using you as maybe the photographer or like the, the filmmaker and this is sort of went ahead to use some of the ideas that you emphasize in the meeting with them. So, I mean, all of these things are like one of the things that would always happen regardless, I think, you know, but how do I manage that is 
I sort of like always back out when I need to and understand that, I mean, what is for me would always, you know, come on, sort of happen, like, you know, and that doesn't mean that I would sit in my house and not actually push. Um, I mean, there's always something personal to talk about. So like, just keep shooting, keep creating like your own body of work, I believe. And do you often have to fight to ensure that your point of view is central to the work that you're commissioned to do. Let's say for, again, an international client that doesn't really have a firm understanding of what Lagos is about, what Nigeria is about. Um, I think that sort of happened like in my early stage of, you know, commission, being commissioned. But over time, you know, after like, you know, sort of advocate for like this, you know, communicated my mind. And so it, it sort of now always end up into like, you know, what my work sort of like, you know, say about these spaces, you know. I mean, like there's, there's few cases like that, but you just always have to educate them if you have some time or ignore them. You know, I don't think everything has to be answered to, depending on how the sort of approach um, in the email. I mean, sometimes you... I mean, the best thing is to ignore because you know this is not the best way to um, communicate things out. And overall, what would you say your experience has been just, you know, being a young black Nigerian person who isn't pretending to be, you know, American or everything. You're literally very secure in the fact that you are Nigerian and that's your point of view. What has the experience been like, you know, navigating these international spaces? Because I think whenever I, you know, I follow your work closely on Instagram or whenever I see that you've worked with another international brand, another international publication. I just wonder sort of what is it like to to navigate these spaces? Um, I think one of the things I sort of like to communicate, you know, before having whatever commission confirm is to sort of make them understand that I've literally lived all my life in Nigeria. Having me to create like a Western photographer is always like a no-no because already like I'm heavily influenced by um, my upbringing here in Nigeria, um, in Lagos, in between Ekiti State, in Ikorodu, in Ibutemeta. So these are the places I've lived all my life, and like a, like a saying of like we are part of a you know society in a way. So like I've sort of been heavily influenced by all of these spaces. So me coming on the project is I'm coming in to sort of like you know tell my own story, not necessarily having me to feel a space of somebody who lives abroad. So I think at the end of the day, it's like, how do we ensure that, you know, we bring him in to tell his own story, I believe, rather than like, you know, having to force me to do what I don't want to do or what doesn't sort of like connect to my um, story. I always like to integrate some practical advice for young people listening to the podcast, because one thing I hate is when there's an interview with a person you admire and you're not really able to pick that person's brain. Mm -hmm. So I want us to sort of, um, in this sort of last, last, um, last few questions of this section, I want us to sort of talk about, um, your experiences and advice for, um, young photographers. 
So what advice do you have for young Nigerian photographers that want to work with international brands, Mm. be commissioned by international magazines and show their work internationally? I mean, I think one of the first things is to, I mean, do the work first. Um, I didn't have, you know, the idea of having to work with international people when I started photographing. So, like, I really was just ensuring that I let, you know, whatever I had in my head sort of, like, you know, happen existentially. I sort of, like, you know, ensure that I have to shoot something, I have to visit something, I have to visit... So, like, that was my priority. And then it grew into, you know, some sort of, like, you know, building an identity, then you go into like you know being commissioned so i think everything sort of has to happen in a process and like you know can't jump the process I, I believe so i think the original thing i would tell you know my siblings or like literally you know anyone that wants to do anything especially like in in a very intense country like nigeria is sort of not sure what you want to do the direction um, the kind of photographer you want to be, like if you want to do wedding, you sort of need to like, you know, read and like, you know, check examples of wedding photographers that sort of like exist in the space that you want to, you know, um, if you can request to be their intern, I think you should. Um, if you want to do documentary photographer, sort of like, you know, check in uh, who are the people doing it in the same city as you. So you don't have to you know, think too much about them not, you know, being around you check them out, you know, Google their name, um, you know, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, so you can see, like, you know, a bit of what they share, and then you can obviously, like, you know, sort of understudy them. And the interesting thing about that is to sort of see that, you know, whatever, like, you think might not be possible, maybe through them, you, so you can sort of attest to the fact that there's a lot of possibility and that's, you know, what, you know, just, you know, following people who sort of have the same, you know, direction as you is very clear. And so, like, that is always very key from, like, the stats. So you then don't sort of have to think you can serve as, like, a, a photographer of all purposes. You're shooting wedding, you're shooting fashion. I mean, with me, I, I sort of made that decision to just, you know, ensure that I, my work sort of revolves in between fashion and documentary photography. Oh, thank you for that. I think that's that's really, really useful. And I mean, when someone sees an image that you've taken, it's very clear that this is a Steven Tyler image. Mm-hmm. You have a very clear point of view, a very clear aesthetic. Mm-hmm. How did you go about developing your aesthetic and your point of view as a photographer? Yeah, I mean, like this wasn't also, this just didn't happen like the first two years. I Like I, I believe so. Um, it's like a constant, like, you know, like when you sort of like, you know, build your eye, nurture your eye, and it sort of then comes organically as to the fact that, oh, this is what I sort of want my work to look like going forward. And then you build on that, you try different dynamics. And like, you know, just, I don't think it's like a, a thing of, you know, when I started, this is how I want it to be. It's like, you know, how I've sort of been able to transcend into me sort of understanding how to, I mean, build a journey, which I'm still, you know, figuring it out. I'm not even there yet. I'm still very much every day trying, like, new things. I mean, you're still trying these new things. I still sort of always end up in things that sort of look like, you know, what people refer to as my aesthetics. 
And lastly, how do you hope to see the photography landscape change in Nigeria? The change is already here. I think, you know, the change that sort of needs to happen is, you know, you know, people getting as many support system. Why is photography not in the university curriculum? You know, you know, it's, it's a bit, you know, not cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Why is that not, like, you know, pushed forward already when you see how impactful, I mean, the photography and the film, the art scene has been over um, the past, you know, 10 years. Um, like, why is there no, like, you know, like people sort of like double checking and trying to regulate this into like an actualization of, you know, a cost study, you know, why don't we have, you know, grant system? Why don't we have, you know, just support system that sort of like, you know, make things easier for people. You know, it's not every time Sofa story or mm-hmm. I sold Alana on the streets. Like, you know, it's not every time <laughs> that that's, that's not always, you know, the case, like, you know, people who so, sometimes enjoy, you know, the benefit of support from, from the stats, they're also successful. Like you don't have to suffer to now start saying you are successful. So like, if these people think, you know, narrating suffer story is the best way to, you know, tell this thing, then let's see how, how long they can go with that. But ideally, I think we need the system that sort of like, you know, puts their money where their mouth is. You, you don't support me when I become more become better support me when i need the support so you know and that's that's the that's the most important thing about you know actual support not you know wait for me or to suffer and then stop suffering and then you think you want to support me now i don't think that's the best way to look at things Mm. thank you for that so in this next section they're rapid fire questions i'll just sort of ask you you know, this or that, and then you choose, because I think it's always nice to sort of get to know you better um, outside of this, like, very serious conversation that we've had. <laughs> so are you ready? Yeah. Digital camera or manual? Um, digital camera. iPhone or camera? In terms of just, like, every day? Camera. In print or online? In print. Very key. City or village? City. Staged photos or just candid photography? Um, staged. Streetwear or trad? Streetwear. Lots of color or monotone? Plenty color. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram or Twitter? Um, Instagram. Models or everyday people? Everyday people. In the studio or on the streets? On the streets. Are you a night owl or early bird? Mm. Uh, I'm not surprised everybody listening Stephen said we should record this at 8am so <laughs> I'm not surprised that you're an early bird <laughs> this like the I'm like sort of like I have like the energy to speak this long you know I haven't sort of received you know emails that like you know overwhelming or tiring or you know uh, this is like a fresh start you know let's start you know nice you know energy sort of i'm the same so do you prefer to watch a movie or a play i mean like the few times i've you know sort of tried watching a play i end up you know sleeping i don't know why i don't know <laughs> you know i mean it's not that i see they are boring 
and maybe I've, I've, owned, I've been there most of the time that I have to work and I was, you know, exhausted before going. So I'm more like, you know, indoor, like your Netflix, your documentary guy. Same. <laughs> Photographs or paintings? Photographs. Tea or coffee? Tea. Would you prefer to present your work in an exhibition or on digital platforms like Instagram? Um, I mean, exhibition always works best. So in this final section, I like to look at the three texts that have shaped the way you think. So I say texts because it doesn't have to be a book. I mean, some people have talked about song lyrics. Some people have talked about um, inspirational quotes. But in your case, I'll also allow one of the texts to be an image. I guess since you're a photographer, images like have been very, very inspirational for you. So yes, like the three texts slash images that have shaped the way you think. One um, is um, Socrates and Aromila by my former late professor, Kofi Oluwale. And I still sort of like, you know, remember when she had, you know, introduced us to the book herself and just like, you know, the distinction um, about just the ideology that there isn't that much of knowledge or there isn't knowledge at all in Africa you know, um, or there isn't that philosophical knowledge at all. And it sort of always brings me back to the very same conversation that we have now about, like, the dichotomy between, like, you know, the, the Western gaze and, like, you know, what is expected from the locals or what locals also expect from, from each other because already there's been this, you know, control from the Western media, you know, to sort of, like, you know, push an agenda by themselves. You know, there's always this an agenda. Like, you know, imagine, like, you know, um, the Euro-European um, match between, was it England um, the other day? And they sort of have to find ways to put Harry Kane on most of the cover mm-hmm. when Harry Kane was the one that delivered, even more from Sterling. And now they change the narrative into hurricane and all of that so it's, it's like it's like always like a way that they they are sort of used to controlling the space and like this book sort of like you know establish like a ground around like you know that shouldn't always be the case like you know more than anything um, i mean knowledge had existed here and even more philosophical than people think um i sometimes just sort of like you know read some some books from like, you know, I mean, not actual, like, you know, just like you know, take some notes um, from Franz Fanon's, you know, just sort of like quotes um, because I remember when I did my um, thesis in final year, I sort of did an inquiry into the nature of discrimination. Mm. So um, I remember sort of using more of Franz Fanon's book to support my, my ground. So, I'm so much like a Franz Fanon sort of reader. Yeah, we, I feel like we have so much in common. I love Fanon and I can't believe you were taught by um, Professor Sophia Luwale. I read one of her books um, and it was talking about um, myths around gender yes. and looking at the ways the early or I suppose pre-colonial Yorubas understood the role of women and men. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about how Yoruba people always understood that 
even within a woman, within a man, there was the good and the bad. And yeah, it really revolutionized sort of the way I approach gender, revolutionized my my feminism. She was really an amazing, amazing intellectual. She's she's one of the best, actually. One of the best. Yeah, so those are the texts that sort of like constantly um, shape how I think. And I, I sort of still go back to this book because, you know, uh, you know, the more you read, the more you sort of, sort of find like new meanings sometimes. Um, um, yeah, so I mean, as at space is my go to when it comes to like, you know, me trying to figure things out, you know, even in my, you know, in my body of work, you know, and, and I, mean, I mean, I'm grateful to have studied, you know, philosophy, you know, uh, for my undergrad. Um, um, I think it's one of the, the, the most interesting, you know, exploration of my life you know that I'm thankful for yeah thank you so so much for taking out the time out of your busy schedule to do this I'm so so grateful yeah finally it's done you know I know (laughs) this has been weeks in the making To find out more about Stephen's work, follow him on Instagram at stephen.tile. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot T-A-Y-O. You can find me on Instagram where I'll be reading and reviewing books at myowa underscore reads. Thank you for listening.